The PWR presents What If? What if John Cena turned heel? What if China became the first woman world heavyweight champion? What if Owen Hart never passed away? What if Magnum TA never got into a car crash? What if Hulk Hogan stayed with the AWA? What if Shawn Michaels signed with WCW? What if WCW won the Monday Night Wars? What if Vince McMahon's WrestleMania failed? What if... <laughs> it is Christmas time. <laughs> it's time. It is Kwanzaa time. But most importantly, it's reflection time. It is what if time here on the PWR podcast at the PWR Networks at Podbeam.com. If a, and if a track round uploads this, it will be on the PWSO YouTube networks. Welcome or welcome to the What If Special here on the PWR Podcast. Shout outs to the Hami Media Group on the Hami Media Group at Podium.com. Shout outs to the big Vitoites at Wixsite.com. Shout out to the Hustleites at the PWS Networks. And always shout out to the Reflection Nice, the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten. You know who you are. The John McKugans, Dada Destructions, the Phil Scott Woods, the Schmetnicks, the SNX Express, Greenpeace. You know who you are. Oh, welcome, oh, welcome. It is I. <laughs> you know, people, are, I've been, you know, they slid in the DMs of the Professor, not in that way, TW, but they slid into the... The DMs, they've been like, Professor, why don't you wear like a cape? Why don't you do like a, be like a Dungeon of Doom taskmaster? I'm like, no, no, no. I think the last enough. But you know what? If I put props, I'm not the prop master. That's my cohort in crime. He's the prop master. I don't take gimmick. I don't do gimmick infringements. So all I got for, you know, patent pending is, <laughs> that's all I got. But I'm not doing no robes, no capes, no nothing. But anyway. I must introduce myself. That's another patent pending because I am vain like that. I am the magnanimous one. I am the stupendous one. I am the oh so glorious one. The only objective man in the IWC, YWC, and PWC punditry. Your friend of mine, the Professor Chabella Cruz. <laughs> you know, I laugh better than Seth Rollins. Neither here nor there. But anyway. I must introduce my partner, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, dum dum do idiot zone, the iron stomach one, Dr. Frankenstein himself, Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, he's dad? <coughs> I'm looking at myself in the screen, and I don't know if it's Jody Hamilton or not, but Who's the guy in NWA WCW that was Kevin Sullivan's leader? The fat, bald guy with the wrinkled head. 
Oh, well, I forgot his name, but, but yeah, he, he, you just call him father, but I, I know who you're talking about, but he was Kamala's manager too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, King Lua or Lua King. I don't know, whatever the fuck. That's all I see is my fat ass on there. I got a tan, be lose some weight. But you um, gotta you gotta paint your face white. You closed if you do that. Yeah. Well, I'm just telling you, I see this glare and everything else. But it's a short version of, of Ray's favorite thing. I added to my collection this week. Mm-hmm. Finally got an elite five time, five time, five time booker to go on the wall of fame. Can you think that? Like, ah. Then, because this fucking dude, I don't, listen, anyone has a problem with what I'm about to show right now, fuck, name and time and a place, I'll fight you. Because this dude got a raw deal, but, bam. Uh, These guys should be back together, and they should be NXT Tag Team Champions for the third time. That's oh, what oh you mean the guy that beat up his wife? That's what they he said? Didn't fucking beat her up. <laughs> That chick accused other people of it, too, and they never got in trouble. But I'm just going by what the report said. I didn't say I'm canceling him. I report just said- that he got absolutely no trouble for mm-hmm. because the chick was bruised from wrestling or punching herself because she's nuts. And by the way, she's accused other people. I don't care. If she really got abused, fuck that guy. But oh, wait, all, oh, was it, wasn't he a Nazi, Nazi sympathizer, no. too, or something So that's like that? the other thing, right? You see mm-hmm. a picture still framed. This dude's tag team partner, his best friend in life, is a black dude. And they're trying to label him on the internet as some racist guy. Yet all he does, he's a him, and then Trey Miguel, Miguel is what, Hispanic? This dude is in, like, a fucking United Nations fucking group of best friends. And we're supposed to believe this dude really likes Hitler. So I can tell you right now, someone could just screenshot me doing that right there and put it on the internet and it looks like I did a high hole Hitler. He probably was shaving, made a little joke and said, look, I should leave this. I've done that. So put that on Twitter. I've shaved my face and went, oh, that looks ridiculous. Who would ever keep that? But <laughs> you, know what you, do? you know what's funny? When you did that in slow motion, it does not look like anything but a little bit like a... So anyways You're sliding to somebody's DMs doing that That's another story And also if you do the high Hitler I'm going to do I'm going to have a freeze frame on my face like this Right That's like all I'm just like the nah, dick is Shout out to Lamar Jackson with the burn of the week on the internet. So some asshole told the Ravens they should walk away from him. And he said, you ain't never been on a field. You ain't ever done nothing but eat dicks. And I just thought, awesome. And then some asshole ESPN reporter tried to say it was a homophobic slur. I'm sorry. Don't girls eat dicks too? So is he also misogynistic? And he came right back and stood his ground and said, Bitch, I never said nothing about race, sexuality, or anything of the nature. I told that dude that all he's ever done is eat dicks. And if that's we, we, whatever. We grow up. We, we've grown up in the streets, and that's right. plain the dozens. That, that's plain. Dude, that took me back to the streets when I read that. I want to mm-hmm. slide into his DMs and say, Lamar, I want more of that shit. Because these motherfuckers in the basement telling their ma to get the meatloaf and then thinking they're the armchair quarterback, the armchair wrestler, the armchair baseball player, the armchair basketball hockey player, they ain't shit. They ain't shit. Their life sucks, and they want to make other people's life suck. So they get on the internet and they fuck with people's lives. And I, amen to fucking Lamar Jackson. I'm cussing. I don't get passionate. We're definitely gonna lose Travis. We're gonna drop down to eleven. But here's the uh, the last of the bits. I mm-hmm. finally got a figure of this man who's done a lot in wrestling, but one thing he's done better than anybody in the history of the business, 
is taking mm-hmm. a super kick. And that's this dude right here, baby. Bobby Lashley, the what? almighty. What? You racist motherfucker. This is Shelton Benjamin, the gold standard. I'm just playing. I know that. How dare you? How dare you? Man. They all look alike. That's all right. Wow. They all look alike. We're getting canceled. So yeah, of course. He also, I think, took an RKO pretty awesome. I can't remember how he did it, though. Also, first time no. ever. I don't a- know about that. Not, not the way. The super kick from HBK, he took it very best that ever. Best, that was best, the best ever. And it was uh, his I idea, I heard. So mm-hmm. th- this is only the second guy to ever be in the TW Hall of Fame, first being Sting as Surfer Sting and Crow Sting. But now there's another guy in the Hall of Fame, the first official. Well, no, Edge and Christian were in there, but now they're separated by AEW. Well, the heart. Oh, oh, you got the hearts finally. I showed you them. You told me it was. I asked you. You, you said WrestleMania two, and I said the Battle Royal, and you said yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Brett Neidhart, Shelton Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at that. I got an old tag team, and I got MSK and Booker T. I got a bulldog, but he's pinned to the wall. Mm. That's it for now. Oh, and then I got. You can't see it, but. Bill the Rick Rude right there. It's got Warrior. That's my favorite AJ Styles figure. Mm-hmm. The new chosen one, Becky Lynch, and you build Rick Rude. And coming out soon, I just saw it on the Twitters. Or no, Instagrams. That's a good place, by the way, Instagram. Um, they're making a SummerSlam series. It's going to have Zeus. Must be having all people famous for SummerSlam. And this build a Mr. Perfect in the suit that says Mr. Perfect on the back. You, you know what? I'm gonna Shout out to another reflection I the greatest president ever, Joe Biden. We need another loan for TW to get all these uh, action figures so this way he can expand the TW Hall of Fame. But anyway, Joe Biden, do your due diligence and get the loans out so this way TW can expand the TW Hall of Fame. But neither here nor there. Now, Fauci's trying to close everything down again, so maybe we get more money. There you go. But anyway, let's do what we do best. And go nostalgic. But we can't go nostalgic. We have to go with the newest concept. The concept that everybody loves here at the PWR Podcast. The what if. Where we go into, we we have the crystal ball in our hands. And change history. Change the course of wrestling history. And we have a doozy here because you know what? I picked this one because it was very interesting. It's more of a debate what if. Then a booking what if, if TW, if you can agree with that assessment or not, because I think anybody could book this, but I think we have to look at it not only in hindsight, but in the reality stages. This what if episode, this is what if number three, is what if Tully Blanchard in 1989 passed the drug test and was allowed to reunite the Four Horsemen with himself, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Ole Anderson, and then a couple of months later would have been Barry Windham. And then, funny enough, it would not have been Sid Vicious in The Four Horsemen. So he would have been excommunicated out and Sid Vicious would have had his own thing. So that's number one. But T.W., let's go with the hindsight because we have to at least talk about this. We know that the man running the company of WCW was Jim Hurt, the pizza guy, the Mr. Pizza Hut himself. Ric Flair didn't like Jim Hurt. The Road Warriors didn't like Jim Hurt. I get all that. I get the reality of what I'm talking about because then people will be like, no, but this is what it's called what if. 
we are going to, you know, this what if is if Jim Hurd was smart enough or got slapped in the face by Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard, like, let us do what we do best and make you a whole bunch of money, and Jim Hurd took a step back. So we're going to take it out there, but TW have to address that issue. Let's put it into that terms before we even start booking. With what would have Jim Hurd done? What kind of business relationship would he have had? We already know how toxic his relationship was with Ric Flair. What if he was he allowed Tully Blanchard, the good graces, to come back in 1989 to reunite the Four Horsemen in November of 1980? Belt back on the greatest world television champion of all time. And it's Tully. It's always been Tully. It'll always be Tully. And first things first, Tully wouldn't have let him change from this belt to that ugly-ass belt they had when Austin was wearing it and all that. That's the first thing. Tully would have been doing some housekeeping, and he would. there's no way he would have made this beautiful belt get reshelled for some ladies' title because that's what it looked like, little <laughs> tiny-ass ladies' title. That's first mm-hmm. and foremost. Okay. Well, I, I get you that. And I think if you go back in 89, I don't think it's Wyndham or Sid. I think Tully and Arn come back with Flair. I think Lex is the guy who's the fourth horseman. They get the best version of the four horsemen there ever was back together. Well, that's it. Well, let's talk about that here because in 1989, Lex Luger was on the apex of a heel run. He was a heel turn. He turned on Ricky Steamboat earlier in the summer of 89. So it's apropos that you say that. So let's talk about a what if scenario. There's many scenarios here. So let's, you got a good one right there. Lex Luger was already the United States heavyweight champion. Ric Flair was already world heavyweight champion. But here's, here's the quandary, TW. We have to at least book it because when they, when Tully Blanchard, let's say what if style comes back with Arn Anderson, Ric Flair is in a war with Terry Funk. He's in a war with Great Muda. It was called JTEX Corporations. It was uh, Muda, Funk, and Gary Hart, and I believe it was the Games Master. There was some kind of the Karate Master, but it was some stupid thing, but neither here nor there. I don't want to get on the logistics. So, could you... I I don't want to ask this question because it's kind of funny to me, but I would never believe Tully Blanchard is a good guy, even if he's helping Ric Flair. Ric Flair, you know... We can empathize with Ric Flair. We empathize with Ric Flair in 89 when he took the pile driver from Terry Funk. We can maybe give a pass to Arn Anderson, but there is no fucking way we could be we could cheer for Tully Blanchard because Tully Blanchard, as he has said it so eloquently himself, he's the dynamite. He's the heater of the four horsemen. His job is to make you hate him. His job is to make you want to pay your hard-earned money to see him get the shit kicked out of him. Could you, for at least a week, dismiss all that just to see him reunite the Four Horsemen and kick the asses of Muda Funk and cheer for him for one night only, but know that at least in a couple of weeks, he's about to turn, you know, he, the Four Horsemen is going to be what the Four Horsemen was all about. What say you? You got two options. You okay. book it where they come back and first start talking to Lex. Then start talking to Flair, and Flair pushes him away, pushes him away. Then it mm-hmm. comes down to the time when when the match is going down, and you don't know if it's a situation like modern-day AJ Styles is coming to say yes to Finn Balor or if he's going to say no and bring his own guys. You could mm-hmm. very easily have Arn, Lex, Tully, 
and a mystery guy form their own four horsemen, and then Flair have Oli, Barry, and Sid come out, or whatever fucking fourth guy, instead of Oli, mm-hmm. and have dueling, and then set up a war games between horsemen and horsemen. Or... You can do the double turn where those guys come out and Flair's been telling them no, 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 no. And then, bam, they help him beat Terry Funk. Terry's a good guy. Flair's a horseman again. And it's like, suck it. And, you know, Terry's a baby face whether he wants to be or not. Not he's Terry. Tully. 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 Don't say Terry. No, no. Terry Funk. Oh, oh okay. He's a heel here because of what he did. He attacked Flair after the mm-hmm. Steamboat match. So, of course, he's going to get booed. But in that match, Funk attack the heel, right? Mm-hmm. So he turned Flair good. But you could easily dismiss that by having Tully, or Tully, Terry win the belt from Flair, which he didn't need to because he already been world champion before. Okay. Um, it's not like he was chasing that thing he could never have won. Had he been doing that, then it's easy to make him the baby face because then Lex, Arn, and Tully come out and prevent him from becoming world champion. And then he ends up full baby and wins the belt from Flair, Regardless of Tully, Arn, and Lex's presence. So basically, if I'm understanding you, you're actually doing a hard reset even months prior to get to this point, too. So you're really yeah. kind of like rebooking even Flair and Funk to even get to, Or you could still no, do the no, Halloween... No, no. Oh, they okay. already did what they did. Okay. So it's already Flair versus Funk, and Flair's the baby. So by the time they come in, it's a hard reset, and then you just do what you're you're talking about. The no, double turn no. or the double swerve. By the time they come in, Flair's already a babyface because of Funk, right? Right. And he keeps telling them, I got this, I got this, I got this. And then you have the match, and he ain't got this, so he accepts the help of Tully, Arn, and Lex. And the Four Horsemen are reborn. But I think the problem we're having here is, at that time, because this guy was the dirty dog that made Hall and Nash possible to go to WCW, if I'm not mistaken, J.J. Dillon was in WWE's office, and he was the yeah. one telling them about contracts coming up so they knew who to go after, and that's mm-hmm. how they got Hall and Nash because he told them their contracts were coming up. But mm-hmm. I don't know if he was there yet, but I'm pretty sure Dylan was there when Arn Dylan and Tully. Was, Dylan was there in 89. So yeah, Arn and Tully were there. Flair, or, Tully, or JJ was there. Yeah, JJ was there, and Arn and Tully were in the WWE along with Barry Windham in 89. So every. Three of the four horsemen were there, give or take. You could so, put Mr. Perfect with those three and had your own – with fucking J.J. Dillon and had your fucking new horsemen and call them the fucking Death Riders or something. You, you see the beauty of what if because T.W. just now went to what if on the WWE side. What if the four horsemen if. was, what was if, created? How about this? What if he still wasn't allowed back there and then Vince was like, fuck it, come here, and then he built a stable around Tully because I've said it on the show a million times. I think Tully – was better than Ric Flair and all that stuff. You said it yourself. He was the little heater. When I'd see him at my aunt and uncle's house on them Saturdays and Christmases when I was there and it was on, I thought mm-hmm. Tully was the fucking star. He had this belt or he had that national heavyweight title, whatever the fuck that was, and he mm-hmm. would talk so much shit, and Flair would just be standing there with his sunglasses on, and I'm like, is this guy the leader? Because he was fucking awesome at it. So imagine... You put him, you get rid of the fucking anchor that is Arn Anderson, and you make mm-hmm. Tully. I mean, he's at least worthy of an IC title run, if you ask me. And mm-hmm. you put him, you throw Barry with him so you got familiarity, and then you throw a fucking heel tag team with him. I don't even care. Hopefully someone good, you know, not Beefcake and Valentine who were 109 years old at the time, but you throw, like, 
Fuck, turn the Stallions heel and put them with them, you know? No, you turned the Rockers heel. Yeah, so they but, did it. They did it. But, hey, I, I get where you're going with it. That would feel like they had an imitation horseman and an imitation Rock and Roll Express fucking rolling. I just think wrestling is, wrestling is Ali, And you got to keep it with, with, with what's a stick? Uh, power and Glory would have been good. Fucking mm-hmm. Roma, Hercules, Barry Windham, and Tully is whatever the fuck you want to call them. With JJ. Well, again, that, that's a different what if. So I, that's a WWE what if. So that that probably be part three A. But anyway, let's go with part three here in Tully in the WCW. He heard Ayakia, and he was called the Master. By the way. Oh, okay, cool. I knew Don't... it was the Master. I didn't know it was. The, I knew it was either Karate Master or something. But there was a Master in it. Not Master Vader, but you know, I knew there was a Master. I thought it was in Jody it. Hamilton, but I don't think it is. I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway. You name one scenario, but uh, uh, but there is another little quant not a quandary, but you know there is something that was building in 1990. So now Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson are back. It is from that standpoint, it would be only Arn, Tully, and Flair by the time Star K comes around. Reflection that. So we're gonna go with this scenario, TW. Now remember what they were trying to build because they were trying to build another star for the 90s they were trying to you know the pillars if you will and staying was a pillar so of course you know rick flair's greatest job you know greatest attribute as a wrestler he loved to make young guys he made sting he made luger you know the list he made window the list goes on and on and on so you know so now you have tully blanchett in the fold I think before we even talk about like flair and staying and tr- trying to like recycle the the uh what you may call it the formula of the four horsemen you protect the heavyweight champion of the world Ric Flair of course that's that's natural but also there was a formula that worked but I don't know but maybe let me ask you this in a scenario sense TW remember the dominance of the four horsemen with like you said Luger and Wyndham 87 to 88 Flair's heavyweight title, Luger or Wyndham are the U.S. champions, and of course the Brainbusters are the tag team champions. Could you recycle that formula again in 1990? I know you're going to say yes, but you got to validate that because again we're getting because again fickle, fa- fickle fans are always fickle, valid. especially if it's those four, either one, Luger or Wyndham. Okay. Everything is old is new again. When you take something away from people, they want it back. And so I don't know how long it would have ran. And I think we both agree they fucking buried the Horseman's legacy with the 907 fucking guys they put in there after all that went down. Look, man, I know Dean Malenko is your favorite wrestler. You guys are the same height. Um, Dean Malenko is not a horseman. Paul Roma is not a horseman. Chris Benoit, maybe, maybe, uh, but I think Chris Benoit would have been better as a horseman with Arn Flair and Tully. It, everything post Tully and Arn as a, as the anchors of it, they're the pillars, you know. Flair's obviously mm-hmm. the head guy, but Arn and Tully are your pillars, the enforcer, the heater, right? And then that fourth guy was interchangeable. Usually it was a bigger dude, Wyndham. I mean, Tully was supposed to be, and not Tully, Ole was supposed to be that, Muscle guy, because apparently he well, no, well, if to be logistically, you want to talk about eighty nine or just in no, no, no. In reference. I'm saying 
Benoit in the spot of Lex, Sid, or Wyndham is kind of, eh, you know, he's not big enough to be in that spot. He'd almost mm-hmm. have to be Tully's spot. But, okay. um, you know, TV champion, whatever. But, uh, mm-hmm. but Sid and Wyndham were in it together, and that's why a lot of people like that version of them because it's like having the skyscrapers with Arn and, and Flair. Like, how is that not, you know, put Kevin Nash in there instead of uh, – no, I, I get you, but then with this what-if scenario, T.W., let's just remember this. If Tully's there, we don't need Oli. We, nope. just, we just need either Luger no, no. or Wyndham no, to re- reunite. With four. Yeah. It's Luger or Wyndham with the other three. Right. I think it's successful because it's legit. Mm-hmm. It's the real version of them. And if it's Lex, it's even more legit because they trimmed fat with getting rid of Oli, no pun intended, and put in Luger, who was better. I don't think anyone, anyone, I know I know there's some fucking fat old man who will tell you the Oli version is the best version of it. It's not. If you if you honestly... Well, people, no, well, people say Oli's the best version because it was the first. That's the only right, reason. Right, right. But I'm saying if you take Drew Bledsoe off your team and you put Tom Brady on it and you win eight fucking Super Bowls, I'm pretty sure that team's better right and i'm saying the horsemen were optically better because they looked better the second they got rid of grandpa no knee pads for lex luger luger Mm. immediately legitimized them as big and tough just whatever you know arn and tully were a tag team so they could be on the shorter end flair was flair so you're not even gonna question him and then you got luger in there it's just a monster and then Mm -hmm. put sid in there or barry in there not Barry's not a Barry's awesome because he's a monster, but he can work too, right? Sid and Lex were not good workers. Let's be honest; they're good mm-hmm. workers, they're not good wrestlers. They're not good scientific wrestlers. Um, but that's Wyndham, why people well, people say Wyndham's Wyndham being in the Horseman was the best four combo ever, talent wise. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But people would say that about Oli. But I'm saying optically, there's not a better version of Horseman than the one with Luger. Mm-hmm. Luger. And, and it worked storyline and everything because it looked like it, the, the classic, how do I stop Luger from winning my belt if you're Ric Flair? I know. Make him my friend. That's what no, it I, I, Totally it was, hear, totally it hear you. Totally work. understand. Like I, like, like I said, you said what is old is new again. I'm yeah. just saying with the politics, you know, people hated that the four horsemen dominated the most important titles. That's why I'm asking you this question from a fan base question is no of course what people is all like new fans again? or people like behind the scenes no the fans we we would love it we like you said what is old is new again so we would love right. to see that because if you have tully and arm back in 19 naughty reflection nights as the tag team champions look at the crops that's that's waiting you can get a rematch with the road warriors before they leave you got the steiner brothers coming along you got doom Midnight. you got the you could relive the the glory days if you will, TW, of the Rock and Roll Express because they came back in 1990. You got the Wild Eyes Southern Boys, and again, that's a feeder for WCW Saturday Night, but that's something to work with. So there is five legitimate contenders for Tully and on as tag Freebirds. You got the well, the Freebirds were kind of on laying in the weeds lower, but I'll give you that. But, but it would have. You're telling me Jimmy Jam and Michael and Jam. the and you could re and you could actually do what wasn't like what was untapped potential as a feud the midnight express against the brain busters yeah give it time give it time to grow and you had more pay-per-views reflection nights so again i'm just i'm naming the tag teams that were there a bunch of teams that could chase them for oh, the- I, I even forgot your favorite of all time the top three tag team of all time the nasty yeah. boys 
They were there. Well, why are you give me that face? You know it's your. I also look like that fucking guy that just won with the stroke. I look like that guy too. Oh, okay. Reflection nice. He loves the nasty boys. Don't worry about that. But anyway, we know the fans would love it because there's a lot of there's a lot of dream matches. But now let, let's talk about the politics behind the scenes. What is old is new again does not go well with a new crop of wrestlers. Do you, do you see Doom or Butch Reed and Ross? I know I can literally a fact. Butch Reed would be like, hell no, we ain't letting these crackers become tag team champions again. I'm just saying that. I'm just disagree. being wrong. I disagree. I, I was just going to tell you, 1990 is a good fucking line in the sand from when you, it's not quite the participation trophy era, but okay. I promise you, Guys like Butch Reed, guys like um, guys like the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, these are guys who are not marks for belts. They are marks for the paycheck, and they all know the money is in chasing the belt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we win it. There's a payday for that for the fans, but as long as they're getting paid, they're fine. Then, no offense, but I'm going to bring up your guy. I don't know okay. if it was 90 or earlier. I think it was earlier. A guy like Shane Douglas, however, teaming with Ace and uh, oh, the dynamic dudes, the dynamic dudes, guys like that, guys like you know, I'm I'm trying to think of younger guys. If I hell, oh, fucking the Luger. skyscrapers were there, Mark Callis hey, and hey, uh, Dan Spivey. Spivey's a little long in the tooth at that point. I don't think no, he's but a, I'm just giving I'm just giving you the talent that was available no, no, for that I'm, kind I'm of run. I'm trying to say Green versus I think Sid would have a problem, like you said, with dropping a. To a guy like I'm having, he had my size. I'm losing, not losing him because people bought their own press clippings by then. And guys before that, think about it. Ric Flair was champion for a year. He dropped the belt to somebody, went it back a month later, and then repeat. And he did that for five or six years in a row before. Yeah, give or his, take. It wasn't like that, but I get what you say. It, it wasn't a year. Sometimes it was one year months. was Tommy Rich. And that's that was Harley Race. But one year it was. Uh, Sting, he wanted back. One year was Ronnie Garvin, he wanted back. One year was Dusty Rhodes, he wanted back. One year was almost Ricky Morton. One year was Kerry Von Erich, he wanted back. So my point is, it was so it was such a formula. It's it's just as consistent as Hogan being champion for six years because Flair was champion for the same fucking six years. He just lost it and won it back in the time mm-hmm. because why? The money was in the chase. You had to lose it to keep him coming back for more. Hogan, the money was in him. He was the attraction because the guy's six foot fucking nine and three hundred and two pounds. So yeah, they, paid, they paid for the hero and the right, hero to win. Right. But that, in was, the that southern, was the difference the, between the two. Right. But, in the southern territory, it was the right. chase, like you said. Right. But the heels drew the money. Right. So that's what the responsibility was there. But again, you actually name a, a good example. Sid Vicious would have been a would have been a problem backstage if Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson were the tag team champions, and he's. He probably would have had to have been with the skyscrapers. That would have been probably a three-man uh, faction right there with Callis, Spivey, and Sid because then v- Vicious could actually work off of two workers and learn from them in, in a sense because Callis and Spivey were better workers. Sid was just the presence, like you say. He has the charisma. Did, he just didn't, didn't mean Mark replace Sid when he left to go to WWE? Uh, no, when me, when what? Sid Vicious? No. The original Sky Mark are Sid and Dan. Right. And then Sid was gone and Mark and Sid Dan. Was, Sid was injured and then ah, Mark replaced it him. Was, 
Was. And then they never really explained it. And then they put, then they, they infused Sid Vicious into the Four Horsemen during Capital Combat 1990 uh, time. So that's why I say Sid Vicious would be the odd man out because, like you said, it's either going to be Wyndham or Luger. Let, wait a minute. Now that you, now that you mentioned this shit, I got another quandary. <laughs> In the Bible, it's not really the Four Horsemen. It's usually the Five Horsemen, right? Four. Oh, it is four? Famine. Famine, hunger, illness. Let, let me, let me, because you, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Why have it as four, only four? Why not do the five horsemen of the apocalypse and just change the, it up, the, change the history? It's just like the clowns on the internet that think there's five people on Mount Rushmore. There's only four. No, no, I'm just saying. Why have the, the, uh, the battle between be Luger? Because I can't think of the other three. I know it's famine. Sickness. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I don't need you to get biblical here. That's Travis's job. Trav, you know, <laughs> Pastor Trav, you, you, you correct the professor. I know there's no five horsemen. I get, I got there it. Were four I'm just saying. Hunger, I'm just saying. Illness, probably thirst, and probably heat. I don't know. Death. Well, that was the fourth horseman. Th there you go. But anyway, why not in 1990, TW, that Wyndham and Luger couldn't coexist and they create the five horsemen. Because look at it from this way. I know you probably will say, wait, no, no, no. Let me, no, no. Let me just say this. Because you say what is old is new again. This is totally new. This is totally a different direction for the 1990s, if you will. Because now you want to talk about dominance. I know that maybe the TV title would be maybe a step down for Barry Windham. But you want to talk about dominance? The TV title? You can give that to Luger or uh, Windham. You can you can bounce off the U.S. and TV titles between the two of them, and you can talk about a level of dominance. Five five guys right there. Then you really can can actually accentuate heroes. You can accentuate the Steiner brothers. You can accentuate Sting. You can accentuate maybe the Rock and Roll Express as a five on five or you know six on five, whatever. You know where I'm going with this. This would be an ultimate stable, ultimate faction of dominance. And then, of course, Luger can be protected by four fucking workers instead of, you know, him having to carry the load. <laughs> so what say you, TW, about my what-if booking in 1980 by infusing both Luger and Wyndham because they're, quote-unquote, businessmen, and they want to make money, and they want to dominate WCW in 1980? Would it work to you, or you do you need one of them to be a, a baby face? I got you. You ready? Okay. You keep Luger and Wyndham. With Arn and Tully, and they turn on Flair. Keep them babyface. And they do the Flair or Wyndham. I mean, Luger or Wyndham become the front runner, the front guy. Or you let Tully do it. But then who's the team? Barry. Ooh, Tully World, Arn US, Luger and Wyndham tag. Ooh. You, oh, I think you're a little biased because you want Tully to have what he never got in the NWA. Well, I'm I saying you're the you best talker out of the four. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying. I know where you're going with this. I think, but again, let me let me go with the hindsight in our booking here because again, Luger and Wyndham represent the future. Tully is the '80s. No, no disrespect to Tully Blanchard. I love him as the heater, but I think, you know, we've been there and done that because Ric Flair is the ultimate was the ultimate talker, right? If he was one, then Tully is one A with the talking as, as right. far as the Horseman, and of course, Arn Anderson is a is a punctuation kind of talker. 
But yeah. for the purposes of uh, of accentuating and galvanizing the youth, the youth movement of the nineties. Two youths. Two you yeah, you you got it. two youths. Two youths. You, I, you have to pick either Luger or Wyndham as your as your heavyweight champion. And you have like a groomer like Tully Blanchett and Arn Anderson grooming that young and cultivating them as to be the swagger jaggers. You're gonna, you know what? It's gonna be, it's gonna be Lex because, be, hear me out. I know it sounds okay. biased again. He proved that he could do it because when he did do it, he had Harley with him and he was wearing suits and he was wearing well, that. In '91, that was yeah, and, of course. And he had one of my favorite lines ever, cancer culture alert, when mm-hmm. he said, "Ron Simmons, I like you, man. There's a place for you in my organization. I need a driver." And I just, I just fucking pop huge. Like they were tiptoeing the line. Uh, what do we call that? We haven't said in a long time. Things you cannot do in 2022. That <laughs> popped me second. That is second only. And I talk about this on this podcast many times. Second only to Austin responding to him in the ring one. X, hey, you want me to chop down a tree? That shit is so. But again, it takes you back to when you were a kid. And I still to this day. We'll say ask instead of ask a question. But mm-hmm. that, when he said that to win, and then when he said it, Ron dove across the table at him. And it was all to get heat, and it worked. And Ron Ron went after him. Made me a huge Ron Simmons fan. I told you before, I cheered for Florida State University because of the vignettes with Ron Simmons, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, was it Luger and Ron were teammates? And... Ron Simmons played against The Rock? No, nah, they're too too far apart in age. Yeah. Ron, Ron Simmons played against somebody. That that's what it is. They were opponents. Luger and Ron Simmons were opponents. Florida they, State. They were in the in the football world. Yeah. It probably was Penn State against Florida State and Luger no, and, and was, Ron was Simmons. Hurricane. Luger was huh? also a hurricane. But he was a hurricane? I thought he was yeah, a Penn State off, guy, but he left Penn State, went to mm-hmm. Miami, and got kicked off the team for fucking And then went to the CFL. Yep. Follow Ron. He so. was uh, or USFL before CFL. One of them. But anyway, he was a uh, uh, he was a bouncer, and he started getting into strippers, hookers, and blow, and right. they got off the team. But I think they played against each other. Ron Simmons versus, uh, and that's what it was. He played against Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders was a hurricane when he no, played. Deion Sanders was a Florida State guy. Oh, then they were teammates. That's what it was. Ron mm-hmm. Simmons and Deion Sanders were teammates. Played against Luger. Oh, okay. So we got okay. We'll, we'll anoint Lex Luger as the heavyweight champion. Barry's the U.S. champion, of course. Tully and Arn are the. Can I tell you why? Pro- go ahead. He's the younger of the two, so you're building towards the future. You want the young guy mm-hmm. who who's going to be around longer. I know Wyndham's not that much older, but he is older. But with what you do. What you're doing here as anointing Luger there, we know as fans, as hardcore fans, the true leaders of the horsemen, this horseman of the what-if scenarios is actually Tully and Arn. They are the glues that are holding this new horseman, quote-unquote, together, Reflection Night. So now, this is great booking by UTW. You said you you turn (laughs) on Ric Flair. So now Ric Flair has to team with Sting. Now Ric Flair has got to team with the Rock and Roll Express or the Steiner Brothers. He's got to, you know, mend those fences of people he's, you know, he's uh, beat up in the past that he's dicked over in the past. So how would you, you know, infuse that? 
because then, you know, coincidentally, either Ric Flair has got to chase Luger or Sting is chasing Luger. How would you help? How would you kind of cultivate that? Or would you have Ric Flair go a level down and chase Barry Windham for the U.S. belt? So this way you got two young guys being galvanized up. What say you on that? Or you give Terry Funk a sting a tag team and they chase Arn and Tully. Well, I mean, I, well, you want Terry Funk to, well, of course, Terry Funk supposedly because of Jim Hurd, but I guess you want you want Terry Funk to be part of this instead of being retired and a commentator in 1990. That's what you want? Because, like, he's going to be the guy to make the save when those guys turn on Flair. Like, well, hold up, hold up, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there, because think about it. Wyndham and Luger wouldn't be the one hurting Ric Flair's feelings by turning on him. It would be Tully and Arn. So you mm-hmm. get Flair a partner, you have him chase Tully and Arn to get revenge. And then... So for actually, the money, you want Funk to team with Flair or not not Sting, or you want them all together? Well, you got Sting and Luger, or Sting and Wyndham. You got to have a heavyweight contender. And okay. Sting your guy. So Flair and, Te- Flair and Terry become a team by default when they turn on Flair in that match. Oh, so you want Flair and Funk to chase Tully and Arn for yeah. that kind of thing. That's, oh, okay. gotcha. that's where the personal betrayal is. It'd be Tully and Arn turning on Rick. Because because of the history, right? There. Right. Gotcha. Cousins, oh. Remember Arn and him are cousins or whatever. No, no, I, I get you. That That's a good scenario. I'm just saying because where does Flair fall into that, into this scenario? Because technically he would have to take a bump down in the levels because, again, in the 80s, like you said, He's the champion for a year, he loses, and a month or two later, he regains it. So, you know, that cycle goes. But you're trying to, I don't want to say fade him away from the heavyweight title scene, but you're trying to, you know, again, like I, like we're saying, Reflectionites, in our what-if scenario, galvanize Lex Luger and be a believable, credible, and I think that's the word, TW, a credible WCW heavyweight champion. So you have Flair and Funk chasing Tully and Arn because it's more personal for Flair and he he has to, you know, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so Funk would actually make the best sense in the world. It wouldn't be Flair and Sting, even though that would be more of a rivalry sense. You could do that as a special special attraction, let's say Clash of Champions, Flair and Sting against Tully and Arn, just for uh, an attraction sense. But for the title, for the pay-per-views, like a Halloween Havoc, Great American Bash, you do a Flair and Funk Reflectionites against the brain busters that would work that scenario out there so you know then Flair breaks away and then goes after either Wyndham or Luger whichever one you know you can you can drag it out he systematically takes out Tully and Arn takes out Wyndham graduates by taking out Luger and winning the world title oh okay wait a minute wait a minute that's a that's an interesting uh quandary here because now you're going 90 to 91 so you know how southern wrestling is T.W. The reputation of Southern wrestling is a long, drawn-out, at least, you know, make-sense kind of war. Because, again, reflection, I'm going to give you an example. Dusty Rose and Ric Flair technically had a, had a feud for four years, right. and it made sense. It wasn't long and boring, but, you know, Dusty and Flair for those four years infused the four horsemen. Dusty incorporated the Road Wars. Dusty incorporated, you know, Sting. Dusty incorporated Warriors. He incorporated a lot of things so four years could fly by. Now, Dusty probably would come back. He does come back. So your your actually assessment here can actually make sense. So Flair is either Ooh, what if fighting. Dusty came out to be his partner? At least for one night only. 
you know, yeah. he would come back in that sense. That would be 90, 90, uh, 91 reflection. So, again, TW, we're booking it better for Flair to go after the horseman because it makes more of a – it's a money draw, in That's our true. opinion. It's more of a money draw for Flair to chase the horseman to get revenge on the horseman, of course. And you drag this out. It, what was that? It's different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very different. Because you now you have – you have them as heels because by 90 people are cheering the horsemen if they're you know what i mean but you're making them no, full they, they're, they're cheering the horsemen because they're back they're cheering the horse because of the name and the reputation no no no, no, no. Gonna cheer I'm, I'm saying the horsemen were around long enough that they're starting to get cheered like mm-hmm. yeah people still hate them but there are other people like uh-uh, they're dominant i love them you know because right around now is the era of cheering the bad guy is starting to creep its head yeah. in it I remember when I was a kid, 88, 89, my five favorite wrestlers were all heel. It was mm-hmm. Rick Rude. It was Mr. Perfect. It was Macho Man as a heel. And then maybe Tito and, and Warrior were the other two. But but I, I had heels on top. Like, I loved him, man. I lived for him. I loved Nikita Koloff as a heel, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I think he softened as a baby face, which you're supposed to. But, but mm-hmm. I didn't like him as much as a baby face. And like you said... I probably wouldn't feel the same way about Tully right now if he had ever been babyface. Absolutely. So your scenario, I'm going to go with your scenario again, of Flair chasing the horseman or just trying to get revenge on a horseman, incorporating uh, Funk, incorporating Sting. Let me ask you this question. Name, a paper, name any pay-per-view you want, but I know you want your favorite match of all time, War Games. Give me your War Games scenario because it's five on five. And the four and the horsemen are four. Who's their fifth? I think you get Luger, Wyndham, Tully, Arn, and the fifth guy. Fuck it, throw Sid in there because they went hired muscle, right? Do you want to You want it? You want to use him as the hired muscle just for the right. one night only scenario? Right. right. There's nobody else. You don't want nobody else in that. Uh, in that, because uh, that's here, a very important thing. Well, you, you just want to infuse a young. You want you want another young guy to get get that kind of that rub, if you will. Well, they're heels, and it would be intimidating to have the biggest guy in the company be your guy, right? Okay. Then you got Flair and Funk. Okay. And then you got Sting. Let's throw Sting in there because he's feuding with uh, Luger. Bar- Barrio Luger, yeah. Then you throw Nikita, whoever's feuding with Wyndham for the other belt. Okay. And you have the surprise fifth p- partner, and it's Dusty Rhodes. Okay. Or, I'm not. or Sting, Funk, and Flair and two mystery partners and it ends up being Animal and Hawk. Well, they're still there, give or take, if you want to do the nine if you want to do nineteen naughty. They do leave, but but again, Reflectionites, I know, you know, the Road Warriors did lead to go to WWE. But again, our what if is if what if also Jim Hurd just took a step back and not been a prick. I can't believe these- the horseman failed a drug test and had lost his job. I, it's, it's it's insane to me. Like, I don't know that I ever knew that's why Tully wasn't there immediately. I found out years later. Like, I've known before his show. Mm-hmm. But right. it's insane to me that a place that was fueled by Ric Flair being on cocaine, it was funded on that, that you're failing a drug test got you not hired. And then Vince well, well like, remember well respectfully there's a difference because WWE was still mom and pop but WCW was under the banner of Turner that's con- that's a corporate conglomerate so you couldn't like right. 
You couldn't but when take Cole it. Failed the drug test. Vince was like, "Nope, you can't come here either." Well, because he tendered his release, you couldn't just you couldn't just uh, come back I'm and give you a new. Raw is full of motherfuckers that didn't have a job six months ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, but this is Vince McMahon we're talking about. I'm being honest here. Vince is like, okay. That's fine. Do what you got to do. That's what it, you know, maybe he's a little smart enough to go. You mean I can have Tully alone without Arn up his ass like a puppet master? Come on, Mm -hmm. watch what I do with you. Okay. He would have made Ric Flair would have not be the Ric Flair. Tully Blanchard would have won the 1992 Royal Rumble. Tully Blanchard would have made that interview. He would have won the world title and it would, he would have, he'd be the guy in the Mount Rushmore today. If Vince would have just took his ass back. I, I, I'm I'm dead serious when I say I am stunned. I I love I love Tully Blanchard. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he was not heavyweight championship material. He's he never had second. No, he, he was the national heavyweight champion. He was the television champion. He could have. He was U.S. champion, but he just it just didn't resonate with a lot of fans. They you you can believe him being the guy. By nineteen, the guy. He was the guy in his father's promotion, but he wasn't the guy for the nation, for the nationwide. I'm sorry, T.W., I'm not, I don't want to disrespect Listen, Tully Blanchard. Here's I love Tully Blanchard. We'll never know because he we'll never, never got the chance. That's why we held back by either Arn or that damn Ric Flair. It's it's hindsight, but again, that's that's what makes these podcasts so great because we debate. This belt is my second favorite and, championship and, because and there'll be all, there'll be reflection. I saying it was earned. Be they're, yeah, they're uneducated. They can eat their meatloaf and be wrong. I don't care. Tully is the man, and it, whether it's this belt or that stupid national heavyweight title, whatever the hell that was, it was the same belt without okay, without okay, red okay, on. Okay, okay, <laughs> calm down, calm down, calm down. Tranquilo, tranquilo. I understand. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but let me let, let let's let's have it official. You said Sting, Flair, Funk, maybe the Real Wars, or you want Dusty? Wait, Sting, or Flair, whoever's Funk. shooting with Wyndham and have one surprise guy, and it's Dusty. Uh, no, because I got four, but then the fifth guy. If you have no tag team, it'd be hard. Because you said Sting, Flair, Funk, Dusty. I have four. And whoever's feuding with Barry Windham at the Give time. Give me a name. I need a name. I, I need I need a good name. You want Pillman? You want Ricky Steamboat? Steamboat wasn't there. He left. Oh, after he lost the belt back to Flair, he left like he did the Honky Tonk Man? No, he then, had a contract. He had a contract dispute. Then go there then do Pillman. You okay. Now, I'm just asking. You want if you're gonna do Sid Vicious on one side because you want to get the young guy over and get the rub of, of a war games, then I guess you gotta do Pillman. So with that be being said, right, yeah. So that would work out because it worked out technically in the nineteenth. What was it? Eric 90s? Watts. It, hell no! I ain't doing Eric Watts in that shit. No way. I can't believe you didn't say hell no to Alex Wright. Oh, you said Eric Watts. Well, Alex Wright. That's right. Well, hell no to both. But they don't. They don't deserve that kind of rub. But anyway, Pillman, Sid Vicious for the five-on-five war games in that scenario. That would work for the professor. That would work for TW Reflectionites. Now let me ask you this question here. Forget about booking. We got we got the matches. We got the maturation of the four horsemen, the new four horsemen, if you will, Reflectionites. But TW, let me ask you this what if. Ric Flair technically left WCW in 1991 
to go to WWE, and we already know that his greatest legacy ever, still to this day, I don't care what anybody says, besides his last match with HBK at WrestleMania, which is one of the best matches in Ric Flair's career, he said that himself. But his greatest legacy in terms of accomplishments was being in the 1992 Royal Rumble winner. The question I'm asking you here is, if Tully Blanchett came back in 89, and we're already booking all this and making a lot of money for Jim Hurd, making a lot of money for WCW, making a lot of noise against WWE, would Flair be tempted to go to, the, to WWE in 1991 to 1992, or would he stay and let this cultivate and let's see where it would go? Because again, his his uh, his dates would be more controllable, if you will. It, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be doing the WWE 365 day a year schedule. So, what say UTW about that scenario? Well, first of all, to be fair, to even be though NWA wasn't doing that fucking schedule, Ric Flair was because Ric Flair was but, wrestling on indie but, show. But again, it, it, that that kind of waned down, and then they were them, themselves. It wasn't he wasn't responsible for going to territories. Right. Like I that, so. I think it's a domino effect. If Heard would have had the well, the well with, with all. With, the wherewithal to keep Tully in there, then he's gonna pay Rick. Whatever their dispute was, he would have he would have already been doing the right things instead of mm. all the shit he did. I wouldn't be surprised if if Tully not being let in there is was the beginning of the problems that just snowballed into absolutely yeah. You know, Rick Flair probably like, damn it, Jim Hurt. We've done cocaine together. What do you mean he can't work here? <laughs> well, that's fucked up. But... <laughs> <laughs> totally fucked up. I am. I lost my cocaine partner, Jim. What the hell are you doing? Oh, no, no. No. I'm saying him and Jim Hurd have done cocaine together. How are you not letting <laughs> Tully back here? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But again, we still have to ask that question, T.W. Would Flair have, I guess you, you're saying if Jim Hurd was smart enough, just like we're giving in that what if scenario, then Flair would never have jumped to WWE. And we would have never got that greatest Royal Rumble performance in the history until, you know, Shawn Michaels. We'd have got it. We'd have got it, but it would have been Kurt Hennig winning that motherfucker. That's who would have won that thing. And the greatest guy to never win a world title would have won one. Oh, no. Kurt won one. He's an AWA world champion. Of course. We're we're calling the fucking... We're calling the AEW a world title, then we're definitely calling the AWA a world title. Yeah, you, until AEW existed, Reflection 19 never called the AWA a championship. That's for damn sure. But anyway, that's a good – again, that's a that's one of those quandaries that we would want to answer here. So let's put a bow on this because, you know, there's nothing left to talk about. Again, how about this, TW? What is old is new again. Let's – you know how sometimes – we kind of like, uh, you know, grease the wheels or milk it for what it's worth. So the scenario, again, would be Ric Flair would jump back into the horseman. Someone has to go out. You, you could kick out Luger or you could kick out it's Wendell. Luger. It's the alpha male. Yeah, you kick out the alpha male Luger. So how long would the, would the new horseman, if you will, or let's just say from the 1989 horseman, how long would this – last in your humble opinion with all the the variables together how long could you book it for give me how many years could it run from 85 to 88 like it did could it do a three-year run or would you have to break it up and kind of like do what they did 
It's a different era, so I don't know if they could get away with it, but it almost would end up becoming like DX in the end, like a nostalgia thing, not okay, not the top of the car, not the bottom. And that's where I think you run into egos, because as long as they're there, they're going to feel like they should be the top, for sure. Belt mm-hmm. or no belt, they feel like they should be the guys getting the push. And if you don't feel like that, then fucking get the fuck out of the business, because why would, like I said on one of your posts on the, the Hustle page, Every single match should have at minimum two guys if it's a one-on-one match, four guys if it's a tag. Every single match, the people in it should be trying to steal the show. Because if you're not, then you're never, ever, ever going to move up. Because if you're afraid of what will happen to you if you outshine Steamboat, outshine Hogan, it got him a world title that he was never going to get if he didn't do that. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's my favorite match to this day. I was there. I don't think anyone's favorite match ever in the history of favorite matches was ever Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. I don't think anybody expected it to be, right? It's just... Uh, it's, it's a lot of people's favorite matches because of the slam, mostly. Not because no, what... It might be their favorite memory, but ain't nobody saying that's the match you're going to show somebody to make them a wrestling fan. Well, Al Snow, well, would, for di- Al Snow would make the difference on that. I remember Al Snow saying that that match is what people remember more than Steamboat and Savage. He said that, not me. Also does cocaine with Jim Hurd. So listen, okay. I'm telling you right now, if you're not out there trying to steal the show, you're in the wrong business. And and so you know these well, guys again, the four horsemen, they stole the. Sh- they were competing with each other because they always wanted to have I mean, the best match of the night. I mean by it's a different era. There aren't really nostalgia acts back then. A guy who was once over, who's not over anymore, is Omar Atlas, who's doing jobs now on Saturday morning. I don't think they were ever going to fall that far. And if they did, they wouldn't be the horsemen no more. They would be just four dudes wrestling on Sunday night, you know, or Saturday Mm -hmm. night um, World Championship Wrestling or Heat. But it it really depends on how they booked it. WCW's biggest problem in that entire era was the the book. We booked it for a year. We gave they you the war. We gave you the war games. So well, but back then you got. This is why Dusty left in the first place. They took the book from him, and then Flair comes in. They take the book from Kevin Sullivan, and then Hurd's got the book. I think Hurd had the book. If Hurd had the book, that would explain all the shittiness. But you, you, it's there. There were more matches in the back for that book than there were on TV. You know, and it was. I get you. But again, our what if is if Jim Hurd took a step back and just said. I got let, you. Let the let the artist paint the picture. Right. They, they could have went longer than three years. You mean you you think they could have went ninety to ninety? Long. You think they could have went ninety to ninety four? Ninety to ninety three when the wrestling business took a shit in the fucking entirety. That's when okay. wrestling had its worst fiscal year ever. Yeah. Right. Then you would've, then you would have had to you know threw the shit back in there, shook it up, and then see what came out. Um, okay. You know it's so, no. It's so there good. would be it would be consistent. Four Horsemen storylines. Maybe Flair comes in to kicks out Luger, and like you said, we they kicked out Flair the first time. Flair comes back in, kicks out Luger the, the second time. But in somehow way or shape or form, from ninety to ninety three would be probably the best infusion of a Four Horsemen storyline or just cohesiveness. And I think, think I think you inevitably, if you do it right, mm-hmm. you've got Wyndham, you've got like a set of Sids in there at some point. You, you and you you, dra- you dig Oli up. You end up having four against four horsemen versus horsemen for the name, like Undertaker versus Undertaker, or 
Icy title. Mid, Midnight Express a- versus Midnight Express. You could do that. That's yeah, what you did before. You, and that could be the coup de grace. <laughs> and then have one team win, and then two the two originals turn on their guys, and the other team, the two originals turn on their guys, and then the original four get back together as heels. All right. With that being said, there's nothing left to talk about. We've controlled the, the crystal ball, and, and our, uh, in our world, Reflectionites, we controlled the horsemen for three more years. We gave you 80, well, technically, well, not three and a half. Let's go with three and a half, give or take. 89 to 93 and some change. And with that being said, <laughs> we close on this what if episode. One, one thing. Well, I think we could both agree at the end of the day, since we're saying what if Tully ended up back there, nothing bad would have come from it. It would have been all good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let, let's, close, let, let's close this out. From 90, that 90 to 93, could you ever feasibly, and, I'm, and, and get your bias away, could you, could you have feasibly seen Tully Blanchard be the WCW Heavyweight Champion and it make, make, make it make sense? Only, it only if we did it the way I said, where Luger and Wyndham are the team, Orange U.S. and Tully's the leader. He wins it at least for the same amount of time as Garvin. Um, Once. Well, I could see it. I could see it. And, okay. you know, it's sad because Tully's not even someone we talk about in the conversation of best that never won a world title. It's... It's Ted DiBiase. It's Rick Rude. It's Scott Hall. Um, no, we've never done we because what you're saying there is mostly WWE related. We've never done a WCW related scenario. Well, but, but but Tully was never put in a position that we thought he should have been world title. We all think Kurt Hennig should have been the world champion. We all think w- Rick Rude w- in w- either promotion. And you try to count that bullshit international title. I don't. That's. That's strictly because Flair it, fucking nailed him. It was NWA logistically. International champion. It was NWA first and then turned international. But neither here nor there. That's logistics. With that being said. never won a world title other than arm wrestling. With that being said, Reflection Nights, we close on this What If episode of the PWR podcast at the PWL Networks at Podbeam.com. We're going to take a week off. Pause with the cause because the professor has to educate and edify out of state. So we'll be back in two weeks. We'll do an episodic episode, and I will pick it, and I will. Uh, we'll see what we do. Maybe we do ECW. Maybe we do USWA. Say what? I'm done with Tully. You want to do an episodic episode with with Tully Blanchard involved? Something with Tully. Be a nice okay. follow up to this. What if? And we go back to what was. All right, then you know what. What TW wants, TW gets. I will find an episodic episode, either WWE or the uh, or NWA, where Tully Blanchard was involved in some way, shape, or form. With that being said, Tully, I'm calling you Tully. TW, Tommy give Blanche. out those, give out those socials so we can get out of here. And not like what you did last week. Do do like two weeks before. I know. Trust me, I got notes. Okay. Uh, all right, Hameen Media Group at Podbean.com. I think that is that one video. The audio. That's audio. It is audio. Podbean's audio. Okay. So mm-hmm. Hami Media Group at Podbean.com. Uh, you can also check out Hami Media Group at ChannelAttitude.com. Uh, our Twitter is at PW Reflection. Um, Big Ray, come on. All of his, his, his Tinder, his Grinder, his Instagram, his Twitter, and his Facebook are all at Big Ray Hernandez. I don't know if his Facebook is, but... You already see him on Facebook. Uh, so mm-hmm. at Big Ray Hernandez, check out all that TikTok. That's the other one. Um, my 
my Instagram and one of my Twitters are at Tommy Wonder Nineteen. Another uh, Instagram or yeah, Twitter is at the Tommy Wonder. Blurring the lines, guys. I'm going after people. I'm done being nice. Um, it ain't. Oh, you got you got I Elon. You got well. you got Elon controlling it, so you can be you. You don't have I'll, to be. I'll tell you, know. you what. In the last two weeks, I've been warned. You sure you want to send that? So ain't nothing changed in that regard. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. But I have not been suspended. So at the Tommy Wonder on TikTok and the other uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder, uh, Big Veto Brand at Wixsite.com, and also Patreon.com backslash the Big Veto Brand for Veto and Noel and. I was in discussions last night and the night before with the other two members of the Dumb Dumb Doing Idiot, and our problem has been we figured out our problem. Matt would suggest things, and Stacy and I would be, nope, nope, nope. So I finally told him the other day, I said, listen, dude, every single one we ever did, I showed up, you told me what it was, and I did it. I go, I'm not telling you I'm going to succeed with the shit, but I'm definitely going to try. But if you keep telling me ahead of time, I'm telling you I'm not doing it. So I'm not eating fucking goat head or cheese head, whatever that that's supposed to be lunch meat, but it's not. You know, head cheese, whatever the hell it's called. Um, all these tell, head- don't tell you a week in, in advance. And these two dummies watch videos of other people doing it before we do it. I'm like, you guys are killing yourselves because you're watching these. The only video I ever watched before doing it was because someone tagged me in it and said, you guys should do this. And my answer was, hell no. And it was the stroming fish which to this day is our highest rated video yet. It was over 10,000 views. It's probably at 15 by now. That video is our highest one. It's the one I almost didn't do because I said no. And when I showed up at his house, he had it there. And I'm a team player, so you get to wear the title. And I did it. So mm-hmm. the dumb dumb doing idiot, he, we're either going to fold shit or we're going to start just doing it. I told him, just get the shit, tell me when to be there, and I'll do it. You know what? Take it from us. We go free. We go boardroom style. Boardroom style. We just go off the cuff, right? Dum dum doing it is. Gotta go boardroom style. Just tell them that. They'll know what it means. Boardroom style. Off the cuff. <laughs> just do it and let it fly, man. You can find me on my Twitter at pwsoprof at pwsoprof. Haven't been suspended yet from Elon Musk. Have been given those. Uh, are you sure you want to tweet? Because I do uh, go after liberals. I go after conservatives on the dumb shit that they, they both do. So I'm an independent thinker here. But either way, Elon hasn't suspended me. But follow my brothers in arms of the PWS. So Billy Ray Valentine, the man with the documents at Obi Wan. You know me, and of course the king of the reactions. Eight track Brown at eight at the number eight T R A C Brown. And again, we will be back in two weeks, and we'll go episodic. A Tully Blanchard-induced episode for our man, T.W., okay? So, I'm the professor. That's Dum Dum Doing It in its own, Mr. Wonderful D. Tommy One is saying goodnight, and we will see you in those weeks here at PWR Podcast at the PWSO Networks at PowerBean.com. Put up the four fingers, T.W. Woo! Best to you, T.W. No, Arn Anderson is. Holy. Oh.